Jesus, we thank you today that we are in your presence and we sense that you're here among us. Lord, we thank you no matter what's been happening in our week, no matter what's been happening in our world. We thank you the moment that we realize that we're in your presence, there is joy unspeakable. There's fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And all of that trouble that we've seems seem to have been embroiled in suddenly is moved out of our way and peace again is established in our hearts. So Lord, we thank you today. I thank you for your people. I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would settle our hearts and speak into our lives. Again, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus another shout of praise in this place before you sit down. Wonderful. And let's thank our musicians. We're so blessed. We are so blessed to have music and to be able to sing and to be able to express ourselves before God as we do. Do you know, it's wonderful, isn't it? Christmas Eve in church. I don't know, the last time when we were together on a Christmas Eve in church, I'm sure somebody can do the the maths, but it was a long time ago. I can't remember the time when we met together on a Sunday in Christmas Eve. Christmas Day tomorrow. Anybody excited? Yeah. All the parents look tired. All the kids are wide awake, shouting, screaming, excited for the day to arrive. Do you know Christmas is wonderful, isn't it? It's Christmas Day, it's so exciting. And the whole build-up to this day that, that goes on around us is wonderful. We see the lights, the Christmas trees, you hear the, the singing, the carols, and everybody seems to be in a festive mood. It's wonderful. You know, to take time off from work, isn't it? And take time with your family and have that moment where, you know, you rest and you reflect and you just, you just really enjoy the season. You know, I'm sure many of us this morning have got lots of memories about Christmas. You know, my earliest memories of Christmas is, you know... The, the, the week before seeing all of the presents under the tree. And you'd be working out, is this one mine? Is that one mine? And all of the presents would come, you know, brightly wrapped in different Christmas paper. And they'd be all different shapes and sizes. And there was that excitement in a child's heart. That excitement, that anticipation of what's going to happen when I receive the gift that I'm going to be given? Am I going to get what I've put on my list, on my Christmas list? Christmas is full of excitement. My memory goes back to a time when I would run down the stairs, and you know, it would probably be in the early hours, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock sometimes if I got up late, right? And you'd run down, and you'd, you'd, you'd scramble amidst all of these presents, and you'd, you'd look for the little label with your name on it. And it would say something like this, to David, lots of love, mom and dad. Because we're from the valley, see, the Edwardses. 
mom and dad. Or to David, lots of love from Nan and Gramp, or Auntie Maureen and Uncle Norman. And, you know, I'd, I'd see the label with my name on it, and suddenly I'd, I'd, I'd say a quick thank you, and then I would rip the packaging apart, and there would be screams of excitement. I got the action man I asked him for. I've got the, the Dennis the Menace annual. One year, one year, I had a bike. Do you know what? I've, if you know anything about me, I've always loved bikes. A few years ago, I asked the kids and Faye for a bike. I said, they said, what do you want for Christmas? Now, I had, I got a bit of a, a you know, I overindulge with bikes, let's say. I've, I've got three, well, no, two bikes at the moment. I've had up to four bikes, right? I just love bikes. I don't know what it is. A couple of years ago, Faye said to me, the kid said to me, what do you want for Christmas, Dad? I said, I'd like a bike. I'd like a bike. Well, bikes are expensive. So that Christmas, they bought me a bike magazine. Yeah. Well, it was near. I could, you know, the pictures were there. I could look at lots of different bikes. I didn't get my bike. I got a bike magazine. I mean, I'm, I didn't set my sights so high this Christmas, right? I didn't set, I, I didn't say I want a bike. I just want something to do with a bike. May, I mean, I'd be happy for a, for a puncture repair kit, anything. I, I'd be happy even for a patch. I, I don't mind. As long as it's something to do with a bike that I can wake up to on Christmas morning, I understand. I mean, a link for my chain. I mean, my expectations have been lowered since I didn't get my bike. But you know what? Anything to do with a bike, if, it's, if, it, if I get it this Christmas, I'll tell you in the new year, or maybe tomorrow if you're here, if I got anything to do with a bike, my bikes. But you know what? It's so wonderful to, to give and receive gifts. That's what Christmas is about. It's about giving, and it's about receiving. And when you're on the receiving end, when you receive a gift, and you open the packaging, and you, you, you get what you want. It tells you something about the giver of the gift. It, it tells you about their, their love for you, their affection for you. It shows you their commitment to actually understand what you want and, and their desire and the lengths that they've gone to to actually acquire that gift, the cost that they've paid. There's love in that gift. There's affection in that gift. And that's what is so great about Christmas morning when we wake up and we get those gifts and those presents with our names on them. There's affection. They carry affection. They carry, they, they, they carry cost and they carry love and they carry commitment in them. Well, do you know what? You know where I'm going with this, possibly. God has given us His gift. Haley said it wonderfully this morning, didn't she? You know, and, and getting emotional as she read it because it strikes you that God doesn't want to be left out of Christmas. We love to give gifts, and God does too. God does too. He's the originator of it all. And sometimes, you know, when you walk up and down the high street and you, you go into the shops, and you, you're immersed in all of these festivities, and all of these bright lights, and you, you hear all the songs singing, it is easy to 
miss the real meaning of what Christmas is about. Because, you know, it's not just about us giving gifts to one another, and that's wonderful, but it is about God giving, like Haley said, the greatest gift of all in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. What kind of gift is Jesus? What kind of gift is beyond the outer packaging? Do you know lots of times when people think about Jesus, I mean, I, I talk about my own life. When, when somebody began to speak to me one day about Jesus, I began to refer to all of the outer packaging around him, and I thought Jesus, I actually thought that Jesus was irrelevant. I actually thought that this amazing gift that God had given to the world in Jesus was not necessary for me. Why? Because I had taken my eyes off the real gift, and I'd got caught up in my mind, and, and all I saw was all of the outer packaging around this wonderful gift, the religious packaging, the wars, and the fighting, and the, the bickering, and the arguing, and the, 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 the mishaps all around it. But when you get beyond all of that packaging, and you really begin to understand the true meaning of the gift that God has given in Jesus, wow, now that's completely different. And that's what the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter 1. I want to read it to you. Matthew 1, verse 21 to verse 23. And it says this, talking about Mary, and she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Faye mentioned it this morning. We sang about it. Emmanuel, God with us, not God against us. You see, that's the gift that God gives to each and every one of us. Jesus, our Emmanuel, is God with us. God with you, God with me. Now, I just want to think about that just for a few moments. We're not going to be long this morning. Our, our service is probably going to be shorter than normal. We're going to have a cup of tea in a minute and a lovely mince pie, and then we're going to go about our day. It's Christmas Eve. I'm sure there's lots of things that, that we've all got to do as we approach Christmas Day, and, and it's, it's going to be so wonderful. So, our service is going to be a little bit different today, but give me your attention just for a few moments, because I really do believe that the Holy Spirit, He wants to speak something to you. He wants to plant something in your heart that's going to help you, that's going to, that's going to strengthen you, that's going to bring peace right where you are at this moment in your life. You know, I was having a, a little conversation with the Holy Spirit just this week, and I know that might sound a little bit, a bit strange for some, 
But I was talking. I was talking to the Holy Spirit in my heart. And um, this is what he said to me. Now, now, just think about this for a moment. He said, Dave, I don't need your long sermons. He said, Dave, he said, because uh, he could see me working hard and trying my best. I'm thinking, Lord, I want to say something. I want to say something good on Sunday for your people. I don't need your long sermons, Dave. I don't need your illustrations. I don't need you to be funny. I don't need your stories, Dave. Dave, I don't need what you want to say. What I need, Dave, is for you to carry what I want to say. You see, Dave, I'm not going to back your words. This is what he said, right? This is going to help you. He said, Dave, because it helped me. He said, Dave, I'm not going to back your words. He said, I'm going to back my words. And he said, Dave, do you know what? Whenever I've got to sort anything out that's complicated, that's messy, whenever I've got to, whenever I've got to bring a new beginning about, he said, more often than not, I won't even deliver a big, long message. It'll come in one short line. It'll be summed up in but a few words. And I will bring about great change, great transformation, and newness of experience and life. And he took my mind back to when he sent Moses to Egypt. He didn't send Moses to Egypt with a big sermon. Now, imagine the predicament that the people were in. They'd been slaves in Egypt for 400 years and 30 years. I'd say that that was a very, very big problem. The people had a huge problem, huge problem. It was slavery day in, day out, year in, year out. It was massive. So, God sent Moses as the deliverer, as the messenger to Egypt. Do you know the message he gave him? The me now, this is so impressive, right? The message that Moses was to take to Pharaoh was four words, four words. Not a big sermon, not illustrations, introductions, and point one, point two, point three conclusion, and make everybody happy. Four words. Four words that was going to end a 430-year problem, right? Four words. And it was good it was only four words because Moses was a bit of a stutterer. So God made it really simple for him. And these were the four words, let my people go. He delivered that to Egypt, uh, he delivered that to Pharaoh, turned around and walked out. And then there were successive words of direction that Moses Moses brought, but in essence it was those four words that God delivered that that God wanted delivered through Moses that God backed and he set a whole nation free with four words, and he ended a problem of 430 years that they couldn't release themselves from. The message is simple. Listen, God ain't going to back my words. He's going to back his words. And it's always been, it's always been that way. You look through, 
you look through the Bible, and the Bible stands with many testimonies about people's lives where God was with them. God being their Emmanuel. God being their Emmanuel. You look through the, 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 the history of the children of Israel that went through the wilderness. They, they, they hit obstacle after obstacle. For 40 years, God was with them. He split a sea open for them. He provided food for them. For 40 years, they couldn't run down the, down the street to Topshop and, you know, get the latest fashion wear. No, their, their clothes somehow grew with them. God was their tailor. God was their chef. God was their provider. God was their healer. God was their protector in every single way. He was with them. He was with them. You go on a bit further down into the Psalms and David, looking back on his life, writing at the end of his life as an old king, looking back through time, looking back over all of the, the variances, the ups and downs of his life, and then suddenly it comes to him. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You can go through the six verses, and what are those six verses about? Emmanuel, God with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. God's with you. This is the message of the Bible. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter how difficult or how hard it may seem. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. Things have always been hard. Things have always been difficult. There's always been problems in life, but somehow God is willing to be there. And not just there, but with you. With you. He's there. You come to the story, the birth narrative of Jesus, and you'd think that it was a happy occasion. You'd think, the King of Kings coming into our world, God sending His gift in Jesus to our world. You would think that, that that would be exciting. You would think that, that, that we would, you know, make all of our preparations to welcome Him. And yet, we see a very, very different picture. It was terrific in every sense. Angels visited Mary and Joseph and shepherds and the wise men saw a star. And they had direction and intervention. It's terrific in, in that the heaven was pronouncing glad tidings of peace and joy to the world. But it was also terrific in the sense that there was a huge backlash to that as darkness tried to overcome what God was doing and what God was bringing. But Amidst all of the darkness, amidst all of the opposition that Mary and Joseph faced, God didn't run away. God was with them. God was with them. Even as they fled to Egypt on the run with a little baby in arms, having had direction from the angel, flee to Egypt. God was with them. And do you know what amazes me? about the Christmas story, and about other writers in the Bible that faced terrific 
times, troubling times, dark times. What amazes me every time is that you don't see any panic. You don't see Mary and Joseph panicking. You don't see them, them complaining and raising their fist at God. We're bringing your gift into this world and look at the, look at the trouble that it's brought us. No, you just see peace. You see calm amidst all of the trouble. Why is that? It's because God was with them. It's because God was there with them. Now, this is the word. This is the word that God wants to give you today. Okay? This is a kind of Christmas present, let's say, from God to you. And the present is in the form of a promise that wants to live within you, that he wants to plant inside you to keep you stable and strong and focused on him. This is it. Psalm 42, verse 10. I know that because I looked at the TV screen up there. Psalm 46, verse 10, says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. But here it is. Be still and know that I am am God. That is, listen, that is the word that God is going to back. That is the word and the promise that you're going to unpack in your life. There may be voices on this side of your life saying one thing, voices on the other side of your life saying other things. And it's all to get you to a place where you're out of your peace. It's all to get you to a place where you're in strife and unrest and, and, and you're feeling torn apart. But God says to you, be still and know that I am God. I am with you. I am for you. I will bring you through. You look at Psalm 42, uh, 46, you look at Psalm 46, and the opening, the opening verse, you know it well. It says this. It says, I've just got to remember. A minute, the old gray matter, hold on. I need to update the processor here. The Lord is an ever-present help in times of trouble. What is that? What is David saying right there? God's with you. God's for you. God is there right in the midst of any kind of trouble. Then you begin to read down through that psalm and you begin to, you begin to see troubling times that are coming ahead, that are besetting people from, the, from all directions. And, and David is likening the trouble that's hitting people like mountains breaking apart, 
like the earth quaking, like a, like a huge hurricane, like a terrible storm. You read Psalm 46 and you see darkness, but on the other side, you see God in the midst of His people providing for them because in amidst all of the trouble, in amidst all of the uncertainty, in, in amidst all of the storm, you see God coming with provision, provision. And David says, in amidst all of these uncertain things, he says, there's a river, there's a river in amidst all of this trouble, in amidst all of this darkness, in amidst all of this uncertainty, there's a river that makes glad the people of God. God is that river, that river of provision, that river of strength, that river, in fact, of whatever you need in the difficulties that are surrounding you, not just for today, but forever. And then beyond that, Three times he says, the Lord is our refuge and strength. God is in our midst. The message of the Bible is not God separating himself from us. The message of the Bible, the message of Christmas is God with us. God's for us. And this is the message of Christmas. Let me read to you from Galatians 4. This was Paul's heart for a church that were, were the people were going here and going there, and they, they, they were losing the simplicity of their faith. And they were going back to things that they should, shouldn't be involved in, and everything was getting to... A program of works and they were trying to work hard at their their Christian life and they were they were getting in a real mess and Paul said to them my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you Christ is formed in you Paul wanted Christ to be formed in their lives again, for them to come again to a fresh understanding that God was with them. You see, when we lose our sense that God is with us, that's when the worries come. That's when the fears crowd out our faith. That's when all of life can seem so hard and harsh and so severe. That's when we lose perspective and we lose sight of the promise. But when Christ is formed again within us, when we come to that understanding that God is not away from us, but God is with us, that's when, even in the midst of difficulty and trouble and trial, that is when we come on through into everything that God has for us. Christmas is a message I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. We're going to close in a few moments. Christmas is a message where trust, trust reigns over every tragedy. Christmas is a message where light defeats darkness. Christmas is a message where, where all of our fears can be a springboard 
into a new faith where we are certain that God is for us and not against us, that God is with us and not only with us, but in us. This is the message of Christmas. This is the hope that we have. This is the experience of life that God wants us to walk with. And today, you may be visiting with us. You may be here for the first time. You may have come a number of times. But you know what the greatest gift is? The greatest gift this Christmas for you and I. It's not the latest smartphone. It's not a new Apple product. It's not, you know, the latest bike accessory. All of those things, as good as they are, they'll come and go. All of those things, as good as they, as good as they are, will be upgraded and outdated within a few weeks, a few months, or maybe a year or two at best. But there is a gift that will never date. There is a gift that will always be relevant to our hearts and to our lives. His name is Emmanuel. God with us, Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Savior. And I want to ask you today, I want to ask you today, have you asked God to put the gift of His Son into your heart? Not under your tree, but right into the center of your life. I am going to pray right now. And maybe you would want to join me in just repeating this simple prayer. You say, well, Dave, you know, if I, have, I, have I got to turn over a new leaf? Oh, no, you aren't going to turn over a new leaf. <laughs> have I got to be a better person? Well, it may result in you being a better person, but in and of itself, you haven't got to be a better person. You haven't got to clean up your act. You simply, this is... This is it. This is how you get the gift of Jesus into your heart. Simply got to believe and receive. You got to believe and receive. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You shall be saved. It's as simple as that. I want to pray right now. We're going to close our eyes. Then we're going to sing. Then we're going to have a cup of tea. We're going to pray right now. And if you believe in your heart, if you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you mean this, then pray these words with me. Say, say this. Say, Jesus, quietly in your heart, say this. Jesus, I ask you today, to be my Savior. I want you to be with me as you have declared you would be. I ask you to forgive my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising from the dead. I believe, I believe on you. And I receive you as my Savior. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer,
I'm telling you now, if you prayed that prayer, or even if you didn't pray it, and you're going to pray it later today, in the privacy of your own home, a stillness will come into your life like you have never known. A peace, I'm telling you, a peace that you cannot buy, you cannot purchase, will come into the center. Peace is a person, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. If I can help you after this service, if you want me to pray with you further, Faye, me and Faye or others here, we would gladly, gladly pray with you for you to come to know Christ as your Savior. Father, I thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, for that stillness. You said, let there be light, and there was light. Whatever you declare to be, it just happens because your word is very different to our words. And when you say, peace, be still, be still, there's a stillness that comes. There's a peace that ends all trouble. There's a stillness that brings rest for every anxiety of the mind and heart. So, Lord, Lord, I thank you that you are declaring stillness over your people, rest over your people. And, Lord, as you declare it, Lord, you will back your word. It will not return to you void without accomplishing that for which you sent it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.